0: Our next speaker is Natalia Winder Rossi. She is a senior advisor and protection team leader at the Food and Agriculture Organizations of the United Nations. Thank you, Natalia. Good afternoon, everybody, or good morning for those seeing us. Um, Thank you very much to IFRI for the very kind invitation. Very happy to be back in D.C. Um, So in the next 10 minutes, um, I'll try to give an overview of um, how we see social protection contributed to rural development, so focusing on the rural areas. There's a lot to discuss about that, but I'll try to highlight some key issues that we also um, included in the chapter that we were asked to to contribute. This chapter was prepared by Silvio Daidone, Fabio Veras, and and myself, and of course, based on a series of, of work we've been doing with other partners. So let's start from, from the beginning. Where are we? We know that there's been very remarkable progress around reducing poverty across, across the world. However, we still have 736 million pe- people approximately living in extreme poverty. And most of them do live in rural areas. Most of them depend on agriculture and natural resources. They're also living in areas that are extremely vulnerable to climate and conflict as shown by the latest State of the Food and Agriculture Report and also by the Global Network of Food Crises. There's a limited access to social services, infrastructure, markets. But I think one key point to address is that they are also an heterogeneous group. So we're talking about different livelihoods, different ways of making uh, a living, and therefore, how do we make sure that programs are also responding to those specificities? In discussing how do we help to accelerate progress around SDG1 and all its different nuances, Of course we recognise the political will, the precondition, the enabling environment, the importance of the economic macrodynamic, but also at the same time, the importance of having policies and programs that can really enhance the social as well as the productive capital. Of the poorest how do we invest in rural areas in access to services but also in the uh, in the in given opportunities for uh, to access these in a in a um, sustainable way we've been deciding or defining what are the different pathways are towards economic and social productive inclusion from the macro side making sure that transformation in the rural areas is inclusive really address issues of inequitable uh, markets and distribution of resources, but also trying to create more economic opportunities, um, increase access to access to assets, accumulate human p- capital in a much more sustained way, increase access to liquidity, credit, markets, and services, improve the ability to manage care, which is very inherent to the agriculture sector in, in all of its livelihoods, um, and in that way, what is the role of a social program, in this case, social protection, in addressing some of these? Some of our recommendations are based or most of our recommendations actually are based on a research program under the umbrella of what we call the Transfer Project, a partnership between UNICEF, FAO, the University of North Carolina and other partners, particularly government partners and natural researchers, focused exclusively in sub-Saharan Africa. Um, trying to really have a rigorous evidence base on what are the impacts, social and economic, of national cash transfer programs. And I'm very happy that is here with us today, one of the founders of these programs. In a nutshell, because I cannot really go into detail on all the uh, impacts around this work, it's very clear and it's very clearly shown that national cash transfer programs do have both social as well as productive impacts among the poorest. So we are, we're able to generate through, through a social program, economic and productive impacts. A social program is enhancing the economic capacity of the poorest. While at the same time, those extra resources invested in social protection participants, it's also generating multiplier impacts in the local economy. So you are helping to also create a local dynamic effect, not only in those that are receiving these programs, but also in the wider local economy. But the big question around this is great, we have these results. We see that these families and households are investing in small-scale productive activities. How can we sustain these impacts in the long run? How do we really make sure that we can maximize these benefits across different sectors? And one key, um, I think, conclusion around that is how do we enhance or promote better coherence with other programs that are already in place, mainly from our perspective, of course, agriculture programs. And this uh, issue of coordination and, and coherence is of course very much r- uh, recognized across the different several policy uh, institu- um, initiatives in, in Africa, such as CADAP and the Malabo Declaration and most others. So what do we know thus far? So the main message that hopefully you all can can come out out of this, of this uh, discussion if we have a national cash transfer program in place, as the ones that many African countries have, even those in low income countries, we see improvements around food security across the board. We see schools, uh, strong effects around school enrollment, particularly in secondary r- education, given that in most of, of these countries, uh, primary education is, is free. So, mixed results around health, and some of this is u- due to the quality of services and issues of access, of course. A very strong um, enhanced capacity around uh, risk management, relaxing some of the liquidity constraints given markets failures, as Fleur was was discussing, and in that way generating um, small-scale impacts um, around production and investment. With all this broad range of evidence, we've been trying to build what we call the economic case for a scale-up of social protection programs, addressing some of the policy concerns around these types of programs linked with um inefficiency linked with labor disincentive linked with people poor people are lazy and there's a reason why they cannot get out of poverty and trying to really show that social protection is one of the way to really make sure that we have a minimum income security in that and in that way um, promoting economic activity and i unfortunately i cannot go into the details of of numbers but just to show you you know the different types of variables that we're, we're trying to look at you know issues around reduction in in casual agricultural labor, for example, issues of, um, investment in different agricultural inputs, um, as well as, for example, re-engagement in social networks, which is a key element around, um, enhancing economic potential. Um, at the same time, the evidence showed us some key hints around this impacts are not automatic. We need to make sure that programs are well designed and implemented. So the take up and the use and the impact of these programs will largely depend around how they're designed and implemented in terms of the size of the transfer, in terms of regularity, but also in in terms of the pertinence of these programs given the different livelihoods that they are impacting. And I think the program, the transfer project did um, shed some light regarding some of the main design features including some very important elements around gender sensitive design, for example. But I think we still have some gaps in terms of the pertinence of these programs to respond to the the specific vulnerabilities of of livelihoods. And I think I have to run a bit. Um, I won a prize for speaking the fastest in a conference, and that's not a good thing. So I'm trying to really be like, calm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So given that we have this impacts and we're trying to maintain and sustain the gains, one way around it is trying to, to promote coherence between other types of broader programs and policies. And from an FAO perspective, the importance of promoting coherence with agriculture type programs. Um, and not only to enhance um, impacts that I was uh, mentioning, but also to um, minimize some of the conflicting relationships that you can see between d- different types of priorities. Agriculture productivity on one side, sustainability of natural resources on the other versus uh, poverty reduction. We reviewed a series of programs, we call them coherent programs, in different, different types of design a programs, a single program that has multiple components, multiple pluses, um, programs that are already happening in the agriculture sector and in the social protection sector, and through targeting they come together, or programs that by chance are acting in the same geographical zone, and they're f- working together in some way or the other and generating impacts. And across, I'm not gonna go into cash plus because I think Floor just talked a little bit what, what, what that meant. Um, so in, in general terms, we did see the added value of, of having complementary interventions. We did see the added value of having cash pluses. Um, but again, the long-term implications around the, the sustainability of that continue to be a question mark. And even so, um, the importance of reaching the poorest and trying to integrate their dynamics into this, this design. And furthermore, even though we think, and, we, and in most of our documents, we have coordination as a main goal, there's still limited institutional arrangements, and I would add incentives to promote coordination about, ab- across different sectors. And I think that's one key area to address. How do we ha- create the incentives in the agriculture sector that they need to work with the poorest of the poor? Why do they need to also address the issues around uh, poverty reduction, and therefore work with social ministries? But I think we, we show that cash has results, we, sh- we show that cash plus has added results, but we still are asking ourselves, but is that enough? What is the comprehensive strategy that we need to put in place to gradually help these households to be integrated into broader social and economic processes? And in that way, really think about pathways out of poverty, Call it graduation, call it economic inclusion, but a much more long-term sustainability process and and perspective. I think we have some evidence around cash plus and graduation, but I think we're not, I think we're still not thinking about this broader and comprehensive strategy. Um, and trying to really find what are the best gaps, what are the best ways to incentivize um, better coherence between different different sectors, and and having them more interested in including this sector of the population that have shown to be productive and shown to be um, economically viable, if you want, to be part of of these of these of broader processes. Thank you very much for minus 34. That was not bad. <laughs>